This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18+. plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is Leicester Till I Die TV. Watch and subscribe on YouTube and listen on your podcast platform. Hi everybody, Jerry Taggart here. Now be sure to watch Chris and Leicester Till I Die TV by subscribing on YouTube and following them on social media for all the latest Leicester City news and information. Come on you foxes! Strap yourself in because we're set up, switched on and ready to go. Fellow Fox fans, how are we? It's Tuesday night, it's the football show, and you this is Lester Till I Die TV. You can catch us live on YouTube, Lester Till I Die TV, Facebook, Lester Till I Die, the group, and Twitter at Lester TID. We were supposed to tonight be celebrating. We uh, we sort of did rather well in the FA Cup and we've through to our first semi-final since 1982. But obviously, events of taken over that a little bit today with the sad news that uh, one of Leicester City's greats, there's no other way to describe him, Elvis has left the room. Frank Worthington, bless his soul, pastor today. He's not been well for a while. And I'm sure if you're too young to remember him, 
you will have heard about him. You'll have seen clips of him on YouTube. What he could do with the ball was amazing. And, I mean, I was born 1960, so when Frank joined the club, um, it was sort of when I was just getting into it in the Bloomfield years. And, you know, they were absolutely great years at the club. I mean, you know, we had Frank, we had Keith Weller, we had the Birch, who's obviously club ambassador now, Um Mark Wallington, Steve Earl, Chris Garland, uh, John Samuels. I mean, it was a great team. Unfortunately, we weren't destined to win anything, but it was a pleasure just to watch them. And to be honest with you, it's what cemented my love of this club. Um, so sad news. And on behalf of Leicester Till I Die, obviously, our condolences and best wishes go out to uh, his daughter, grandchildren and all his family. So we'll be asking people for their memories of, um, of Frank. And uh, we'll also, as I say, on a bit of a lighter note, we will be looking back at the FA Cup final. Uh, but like I say, just for a moment, like I say, all our best wishes to, to, to Frank. He was certainly a character. Uh, certainly a character. Rest in peace, mate. However, it's the Tuesday Night Football Show. We have a special guest this evening. Oh, yes, we do. Oh, no, we don't. It's, it's like pantomime, isn't it? <laughs> we'll introduce him in a second. This is... It's the Lester Till I Die Football Show with special guest Jerry Taggart. <laughs> Let's get him in now, first of all, and say good evening, Jerry. You remember that goal? Good evening, Chris. Yeah, I do. It's uh, etched firmly uh, in the back of my mind. Uh, and it's obviously one of the, the goals that I shall always remember. Pro not, probably not my favourite goal, but it was yeah. a European night at Fulbright Street. Uh, yeah. We were under a bit of pressure from from uh, Belgrade, who were, uh, you know, a really top team at the time. So to get that yeah. goal was a really important goal at the time as well. So yeah, it was over the moon more. Yeah, and in deference to yourself, you know, I'm not going to say, but you know, I've actually got the kit on today for you. <laughs> yeah, top man. Well, I've got, I've sort of got my training kit on. Yeah. <laughs> I, I tell you what, you know, people think I just throw this show together. It's not; it's all planned, all choreographed here. You know what I mean? Well, time will only tell about that, Chris. You know, obviously, this is my first time on, so I'll have to make judgment on that a little bit later. <laughs> uh, the check's in the post, Jerry. The check's <laughs> in the post. <laughs> Let's bring our normal Tuesday night uh, football forum host in. And in the blue corner, it's not. <laughs> it's Josh. Good evening, Josh. Good evening, chaps. How are you? We're not so bad. How are you? Even you know what? Especially to have to have a player on who's just well as first started sporting Leicester in like the um, mid to mid to late nineties. Having to speak to Jerry's a it's a massive massive pleasure. My pleasure to be on, guys. He's been trying to, to be fair, he's been trying to get me on for a while, but his timings are all up the left. Yeah. So <laughs> well, you're too busy with the club. You should tell the yeah. club, hang on a second. I've, yeah, that's the like I want me today. Well, Forget well, going to, uh, the, to the King Power. You know? Unfortunately, you know, with, with, well, when Leicester were in Europe, the, then the mm. games were like literally every other yeah. day. Oh, tell me. I think. We won on the 
the punditry and commentary side, they were all knackered as well. So it was nice to get a get a bit of a break. <laughs> but I just want to play this as well, especially in deference to Josh here. And for those of you that sort of don't know Jerry, and those of you that sort of deciding if you like him or not, and I would I would advise that you do like him. But if you don't like him before, you'll like him after this because. Although he wasn't at Leicester when, when, when this happened, he was actually at Stoke. There was a certain Mr. Wise involved. Let, oh, let's have a look. <laughs> Thanks to Jerry Springer for that as well. But I tell you what, Jerry. It, speaking as a Leicester fan, thank you for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. It was uh, well. It was a long time coming. Let's put it that way. Uh, some people might say, and uh, I think it was funny. I think you know Leicester were playing that day uh, mm. a bit earlier, and um, this was a late kickoff, I think, and it was live on Sky. And uh, I think Leicester were coming back on the coach. They were playing somewhere down in London at the time. And, and after their game, travelling back to Leicester, they put the TV on in the coach. And obviously, as the game was coming on, they, all the, about five, ten minutes into them watching the game, obviously this situation appeared on the pitch. So yeah. Big Mattielli was telling me that all the players were up cheering on the coach. When <laughs> He wasn't one of our most popular signings, was he, Mr. Wise? No, it's fair to say. That. It's fair to say. That. I think, obviously, with what happened with Callum Davison, that was sort of the. Yeah. the I was going to yeah. say the icing on the cake, but I, I, I probably that's the wrong word. It was the last straw, I think, for. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But- we were talking, obviously, a sad day today with um, with, with, with um, Frank Worthington passing away. As David said, they're one of the best centre-forwards Leicester have bought. And yeah. he'd failed his medical at Liverpool and he came uh, to Leicester and their loss was our gain. But yeah. um, you, you met him quite a few times at the club, Jerry. I did. I met him, well, it, it was a bit strange. The first time I ever met Frank, I was actually playing for Barnsley and he was... Uh, he was he was the after dinner guest at one of the hotels in Barnsley at the time, and I got an invite to it. So I went along, and I met him in the car park just before he was going in, and he had the trademark hat on, <laughs> uh, the long coat, everything. And I'm talking 1992, 1993, somewhere along those lines when when I first mm. met him, and uh. We're in the car park, and he's come up to me and started chatting. And he knew my name, he knew who I was. And I'm like, and obviously, I'd seen who it was. And you know, I'm, I'm 22, 23, and I'm like a bit taken aback. You know, you know, yeah. Frank Worthington's coming up to me and having a chat with me. So, anyway, we get in the hotel, uh, and he does his bit, he does his after dinner speech. I'm, I'm at a table with some guests and you know, being entertained as, as you do back in those days, and uh. I say after after he did his uh, after dinner speech, uh, we met at the bar in the hotel, and uh, he said, "Do you want to come for a drink with me?" 
And, and I obviously being 22, 23 and a bit of a jack the lad back then, I was like, yeah, yeah. of course they so back, when, back then? Yeah, well, <laughs> a, bit, a bit more of a jack the lad, let's call it. Yeah. So, next thing I know, I'm in his car. We're driving off down the road. He finds a pub somewhere uh, on the outskirts. And we go in and we sit there for a good hour, hour and a half, having a drink and a chat about football, about life, uh, about, uh, you know, things in general that yeah. surround the footballing game. So, I mean, it was unbelievable just to, you know, spend that bit of quality time. And then over the years, I bumped into him uh, a lot more times, uh, especially at Huddersfield. I don't live far from Huddersfield, uh, right. Huddersfield's ground. Yeah. Uh, and even with his illness, that I think it was dementia, wasn't it, that he had, Frank? Yeah. 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 And he always knew a face. Right up until the end, I promise. He always knew when it was a footballing face. He yeah. always right up until the end. So, I mean, he was a great bloke. I mean, a proper, yeah. a proper man's man, a proper footballer's man's man. If you know what I mean. You know, if you were a young footballer and you knew who Frank Worthington was, and obviously yeah. you'd have been in awe of him, then yeah. he was had to go and speak to you because he was just so approachable and so easy to speak to. I was. I mean, I've been on YouTube all day and and watching clips and everything. And I, th I think the, uh, the 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 quote that I love out of all of them today, uh, Josh, is um, he's he's the he was the working man's George Best. <laughs> you're you're obviously a spring chicken compared to, or well, certainly to me. I dare say that about Jerry, but certainly to me. <laughs> but you've obviously you must have watched videos and and YouTube's of him and what have you. Yeah, of course. Um, like I say, it's just a bit before my time, unfortunately. Like you say, you know, you, mm. you got you got YouTube, and obviously I've got old Leicester DVDs and all sorts. And like you say, it's, you know, from speaking to people, I know like my uh, my auntie Blessed when she were alive, she used to go down mm. in the seventies when, like you say, you know, you had uh, Werdo, uh, Birch, and all, and players like that. Mm. And the story she used to tell me, like you know, like you say, what you could do with football and. I think at the time it was sort of one of the first sort of say, say skillful sort of players, especially when you know what watch, watch you back on clips today, the pitches they used to play on to to think what he could do with a ball even then on sort of the boggy boggy conditions. It were unbelievable. So yeah, it, it's, it's sad. It is a sad day for the club. But like you say, you know, it's um, looks like he's been he's been ill for he's been ill for quite a while. So it is it's, it's, mm. it's terrible. But you know, like you say, from what I've seen and from what I heard, he would just. Fantastic player and a, and a massive character for the club, so it's, it's sad. Yes, yes. Moving on to the FA Cup, though, and Jerry, you were there at the, at the ground commentating, I believe, on Sunday. Yeah. And what I mean, we, we watched it, we did a watch along, didn't we, Josh? And, and Josh was a minute or so ahead of me, so he was cheering while I was still wondering what was going on, but <laughs> it, it, it was. Probably, <laughs> yeah, they did it on purpose. But it was probably up there with the performance of the season, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, I said that last week, and then uh, mm. evening came along late Sunday afternoon. But yeah, phenomenal performance. I said it after the game. Phenomenal result. Fury deserved it. I actually thought before the game that Manchester United system would probably suit them playing against three centre-halves because they like to get their full-backs mm. forward uh, up and alongside their wide players so they create that overlap uh, in the in mm. the wide areas. 
And I thought it might have played into Manchester United's hands uh, slightly on, on Sunday, but uh, how wrong was I, basically? You know, I yeah. thought they, they managed the situation uh, unbelievably well. I think, obviously, the only time they did create any problems was the goal when Drogba, uh, Drogba, sorry, Pogba gets round the back of Wesley Fofana and, and sort of just hacks that ball into the box and then it's, it's a good little bit of link-up play from there on in. But that was the first real time that, you know, Pogba in particular uh, on that side tried and stretched the game. They never tried and stretched Leicester's line and because they were too interested in playing out from the back, playing tippy-tappy football, and trying to play through the thirds and build. And Leicester, defensively, just got all their ducks in a row nice and early and just, you know, compacted the space in front of them, didn't leave any space behind them. And, uh, you know, they got tactically they were absolutely spot on. I want to ask you this, because we have um, we have Julian Watts, who you probably know, um, on the post-match show. And I asked him about this, about United's goal. And this was like, if you like the, and I hate to pick a negative from the game, but for United's goal, he turned his back. And I mentioned this, didn't I, Josh, during the, during the watch-along. He turned yeah. when the shot was done so that the thinnest part of his body was facing the ball coming. And the ball literally went past in there. Yeah. Surely as a defender yourself, Jerry, you, you, you stand there and make yourself big, don't you? Yeah. I think, you know, as far as uh, Greenwood's concerned, I think it's a really good finish and he's clever with it. He knows where the gap is. Mm. And when you're coming on to those balls with your left with your left foot, which he was, you're expecting him to curl into the bottom corner, the far bottom corner, not the near corner where he went. Yeah. So maybe Soyan Chu sort of thought that and tried to use his body to... and So he's, he's closed his body that way instead of, you know, staying wide. Mm. So I understand what Julian's saying. Obviously, under any sort of circumstance, the best you can do is to stand there and make yourself as big as possible and, hope, and hopefully he hits you. But I think yeah. he should have used the angle of his the angle of his approach to hit that shot. He, he was very clever, Greenwood, where he was able to get his foot wrapped around the ball and steer it back into the, far, into the near corner rather than go mm. for the far corner. But yeah, he's got a point. You know, you could say Wesley Fafana sort of sold himself a little bit early as well. When when uh when the ball goes over to Pub, Pub was facing away from goal. All you have yeah. to do is just keep him facing. Don't sell yourself early. Yeah. And just just stand there and go, well, if he turns on the ball, that's when it pounce. Yeah. But he didn't, yeah. he tried to nip in and Pub obviously jinked one way, went the other. And that was all he needed was that little half a yard to get his left foot on it and clear in the book, get it into the box. But you know, Wesley Fafana will learn from that. You know, he's still a very young kid, he's he is. Up, let's face it. Uh, yeah. and those little nuances are the things that you can't teach yeah. people. You only learn, you only really learn those from your mistakes. And I'm sure yeah. he'll do that. I mean, Josh, it was the one negative in a in, in, a, in a, an amazing performance, wasn't it? It was, and you know, looking back, like I say, when we did the watch along at the time, I said it, their goal just completely get, it came completely against the run of play. Really, they didn't, they haven't really threatened before. Then I think, I think they had one chance before that where Aaron Maguire got all, had a bit of an edit that would tame and Casper just caught it easily. Um, but like I say, other than that, and like what Jerry says, they just 
they didn't stretch us at all. And well, watch like I said, I watched it back yesterday. And I think at the time, you know, praising out, you know, how high we were pressing and wanting to get the ball back early. But I noticed it even more yesterday. And I think it was just sort of like the cal- like the calculated risk that we took trying to win the ball high up the pitch. And as we see, you know, with Nacho's first goal and I think there were, there were one instance where Perez, nicked, I can't remember what player he nicked it off, but on, on the left wing and all straight and again, it was sort of three against three. So it was it, 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 exactly what Jerry said. I, I think... Um, but from last week, the Sheffield United game, you're thinking what performance that was. And then to come into another game um, against United in the FA Cup, playing the way we did, it's it's unbelievable. It's just a shame the international breaks come when it when it has, unfortunately, because uh, <laughs> yeah. we, we, we are on a bit of role performance-wise. Just got to hope that, yeah. you know, the, the two weeks rest for the players that ain't on international duty it's, mm. it's, it can only do benefits, really, because obviously the, the couple of weeks we've had now in between games, obviously being out of Europe, unfortunately, you can see the big difference in the players. They've come back a lot fitter and they don't, they don't seem to be getting as tired during the games. So, But yeah, as, as you say, it was absolutely superb and it, it was a pleasure watching it back. I think uh, it'll get a few more viewings, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of questions for you, Jerry. First of all, Ollie's blamed, and I'm picking up on a, on a good point that Josh made there, it does make a difference, I suppose, not playing midweek. You could see we were fresher. Yeah. Yeah. Ollie was putting a, a big blame on the fact that, you know, that they had that midweek game. Yeah. But as somebody said, you know, Milan, it's two hours away mm-hmm. from Manchester. They're in first class. They'd be tucked up at home in bed at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> should Should they be tired? I mean... We we sit here as fans and go, come on, the money that you know the players are on now. They, you know, they're only pay, playing ninety minutes or one hundred eighty minutes a week. They should be able to do that. It's not like going down the mine. So, yeah. as the next player, what what do you say? Yeah, I, I don't buy that. I really, I, mm. and I understand what fans are saying because of the money that's involved. But you know, we all have our time in football, don't we? And we all try and yeah. make the best of it. And you know, football's about supply and demand, and it's not the players' fault that they get paid that amount of money. Mm. You know, I, yeah. I've got no issue with the players making as much money as they can because it's a long, for a lot of them, it's a long, hard road afterwards. Yeah. You know, and there's been far, far more great players than I, I ever was that have gone before me and never made money out of the game. And so yeah. I think players should, you know, should make money out of the game. As far as, mm. and, Money doesn't make you feel any better after you've been travelling and playing. That's the other thing. You know, all the clubs now, all the big clubs in the Premier League and, and in Europe, they do everything they can to try and minimise uh, the travelling experience and and post-playing experience. So the recovery mm-hmm. side of football now is absolutely massive. Where, again, when I was playing, you know, you'd be out on a training pitch on a Monday and doing you know, box the boxes and stuff like that. Yeah. They're under certain managers. But now, recovery is crucial. Ice baths, you know, there were these Lycra shorts or Lycra bottom stuff that, you know, yeah. help squeeze the lactic acid out of your legs. So to try and utilise every piece of scientific knowledge that they have to try and get the players as fit as possible. Uh, but, you know, a two-hour flight to Milan is only the beginning or it's only the middle of a journey. You know, you've got to drive to the ground. Then you've got to drive from the ground to the airport. Then you sit in the bike. Then you've got to get on the plane, travel on the plane. Then you get to the airport in Milan. Then you've got to jump on another coach. 
get to the hotel. It becomes a, a monotonous experience. It really does. I'm not making any excuses for Manchester United. Believe you me. But having having been there, been, been there, seen it, and done it, I can yeah. tell you that it affects players and different players in different ways. That is for sure. Mm-hmm. And in fairness, along with the changes, I thought Ollie made too many changes on on Sunday as well. Uh, by the end of the game, Leicester were rampant. I know mm-hmm. Manchester United were camped in Leicester's half when they made three or four yeah. changes, but you know. That's going to happen. That's a natural reaction to defend in a league. You know, when Leicester hit them on their counter attack, Manchester United's defence were all over the show. Attack, yeah. it really was. You know, I, I had to pick up so many things about Manchester United's defending. That's the, that's the worry I have about the modern game and the amount of money the players get is some of the defending I see on a weekly basis. It's chronic. I mean, yeah. <laughs> don't hold back, Jerry. Don't hold no, back. You come out and say what you mean. I don't hold back when I'm when I'm on CFC TV either. I mean, it really no, is. Some, some of the defending chronic. It really is, and that's what that's my biggest issue with, yes. it, with these modern players is they don't want to, a lot of them don't want to defend or they don't know how to defend. The great mm. going forward and they can pass the ball. And I know the modern games, uh, you know, about that. But I'll go back. You look at Soy and Chewy and you look at Fafana. Their first job is to defend. Mm. Yeah. And they are becoming experts at defending, first and foremost. And then the, the, the icing on the cake, the cherry on the top of the icing on the cake is when they run out with the ball. And, and uh, Soy and Chewy hits a 60 yard diagonal with his weaker left foot, never mind his right foot. Yeah. And Fafana storms down the wing, you know. And, Takes the pressure off the back four or five, and then just lays a little pass into Telemans or whatever. That's the cherry on the cake. But their job, first and foremost, is to defend, and that's exactly what they do. Obviously, alongside, yeah. you know, the old man of the three, Johnny Evans. <laughs> Bless him. Um, I just want to say, Jonathan, um, I may look stupid, but I'm not stupid enough to know that that isn't the name of a footballer, whatever you're trying to get me to say online. <laughs> I wasn't born yesterday, far from it. But a question for you, Jerry, for, and I don't know who it is because they didn't put the name on here, but um, it is a good question. Uh, what does Jerry think is the reason for Nacho's massive improvement? It can't just be confidence, can it? Well, you know, the confidence comes from playing well and scoring goals if you're a centre forward. You know, for defending, mm. keeping clean sheets, winning headers, tackles, timing things right, positionally being right. But I think when you listen to Kalecce, when when you hear <laughs> games, all he talks about is working hard and training. Mm. And, you know, it's fair to say his Leicester City career has been up and down uh, up until this point where he's very, very much up. Uh, I think this season he's he's done well because he scored goals in the Europa League as well. But as yeah. far as his Premier League career uh, is concerned, it's been pretty up and down since he's been here. But when you listen to him talk about him working hard in training, and I, I think for me the pennies finally dropped with him. I don't think when I've watched him in the past, especially when Leicester haven't got the ball, he's not the type a player that wants to work hard to try and regain possession. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've always said, players like Colette, any any young player coming in the team, all I have to do is watch Jamie Vardy. Watch what he mm-hmm. does when Leicester doesn't have the ball. He's He's got to be the hard, one yeah. of the hardest working players 
in the Premier League. Watch Kelechi and Nacho now working when he hasn't got the ball. And I think all these things have come together by working hard and he's got to start. He's got to, he's starting up front alongside Jimmy Vardy, which I also think's really helped him. But I, I think it's just down to literally the penny has dropped. He's he started working hard in training or harder in training. Uh and and the proof of the pudding has been shown in the games where he's got his goal against Burnley. His first goal mm. against Burnley. And it's like, oh, what a finish that is from Ian Acho. Yeah. Fantastic. And the two of them interplayed together. It was a great little move between the two of them. And then obviously, indeed, he's ball. So good. So number one, bit of confidence. I worked hard that game uh, and, I, and I scored a great goal. Right. Next game, Brighton. He does exactly the same. Works his socks off. Yeah. Scores another fantastic goal. Now the penny's dropping. If I work hard, things will happen for me. And then obviously there's a hat trick against Sheffield United, the two on Sunday. And it's, and really, it's sometimes it's as simple as that. You can be forgiven that he can sort of spit his dummy out of the pram because he's had chances in the past. And then he, he's come on as a sub, scored a goal, started the next game, not done well, been brought off, and then bodies uh, front and centre yet again. So you can, you can be forgiven for spitting his dummy out a little bit because of that. But I think now he's actually finding that if he wants to play in the team for any length of time, he has to watch and do what Jamie Vardy does to a certain degree. Yeah. I mean, Josh, we we talked when we were doing the watch-along that, yes, he's getting the goals and that's how you judge a striker. But two things I want to sort of ask you about is, one, as Jerry has said there, it's his, what he's doing off the ball. And, you know, he's, he, he reminded me a little bit of, a, of, of you know, remember Beckford? Yeah, I don't know if you, you, you're younger, but too young. Yeah. But he, he, he was a little bit of a lazy player, shall we put it politely like that? But, um, but the two up front, it's like it's like we're the only team I think in the in the top division that's actually doing that at the moment, and it, it's it's working. It is, and like I said before as well, I think it's it's sort of um, it's helping Vards at the minute as well. You know, I think he, you know he's going through a bit of a, a bit of a rough patch goal scoring wise, but performance. I think the last couple of weeks against Sheffield United and Man United, I think he's been absolutely outstanding. You know, he's assisting, and he seems to be making it seems to be making more of them sort of Vardy runs of old. He's running the channels a lot more as well. He's and I, I think it's it's might be a bit of a godsend for Vards as well because I think a lot of a lot of fans sort of. Look at him. Look at him. I mean, this season not really been the case because you know we, the goals have been quite spread out. You know, Madison, Barnes, Kelechi, yeah. and players like that. So it's not the burden has not really been on his shoulders. There's been many times in the past where we've relied on Vardy to get us to goals, and I think having especially Nacho now with the purple patches, it is sort of like it's it's made Vardy's job a little bit easier. Do you know what I mean? He seems to be playing a bit more freely. I mean, as Jerry said, the work rate with Vardy is always there. The amount of running he gets through and. It's, it's unbelievable, and you can you can see that in 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 Nacho's the way he's playing the last few games, and I think as Jerry said, you know, getting getting the goals well is always going to give him confidence. But it's it's impressive to see, you know, his his, his first touch of times on Sunday was absolutely unbelievable. I think there were one second half, I think we, we might have been two one up at the time, and I can't remember, it might, might have been indeed he pinged him the ball, and it's come at him so fast, and he's trapped it was left foot, and we're on the attack straight away, and. Absolutely fantastic, and you know, hopefully it can continue. You know, this partnership between them both, because like you say, you don't see you don't see a front two that that often nowadays, especially in the Premier League. So it's, I think it's catching a lot of teams out. So hopefully, 
you, the partnership can carry on. Chris, three months ago, he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have scored that first goal. He wouldn't have read that situation. Yeah. He'd have been stood on his toes, and then going, oh, oh, and then going, oh, I should have run that. I should have, I should have mm. got there. Whereas, when you watch back, uh, he's ready for that pass. He's on the yeah. front. He's already on the move when the ball comes to Fred. He's thinking he's going to pass that back to the keeper. I've got a chance here, and that's the difference. His mindset's completely changed. Yeah, but. Jerry, as fans, and I think Josh will back me up here, what's been frustrating for us all season is you don't know which Leicester's going to turn up. I mean, if Leicester... And we didn't have a full-strength team um, on Sunday. You know, we, we, we know that. And yet, we still put that performance in. At the start of the season, we had horrendous injury lists and yeah. we were still winning games. But then we'd go out... And we know we lose games. Teams lose games. And, you know, under Nigel Pearson, we were, you know, at the bottom of the league, we were losing. But we were fighting every week. You know, we were giving the effort. And sometimes we look at those games, the Wolves game, you know, the, the Brighton up to the, you know, 90-odd minutes, the you know, the Fulham, first Fulham game. There's games we've gone out there and you're thinking, what the bloody hell, will the real Leicester please stand up? It yeah. is frustrating, isn't it? Yeah, but it's the same for every team. I, you know, you mm. look up on you on Sunday, you know, all their fans yeah. will be exactly what you're saying. You know, how yeah. can a team with the stature of Manchester United put a performance like that against little old Leicester? You know what I'm yeah. saying? But I think <laughs> two things that spring to mind was obviously last season, at the back end of last season with Project Restart, they sort of just mm. ran out of steam. Yeah. Brendan was playing this 4-3-3 system where it was high press all over the pitch and because you've only got one holding midfielder and two attacking midfielders alongside three forward players so that enables you to squeeze higher up the pitch because you've got an extra man in the forward area so you play that high press whereas now he's playing the 4-2-3-1 invariably uh, when, when he has his full squad of players for the most part he's played 4-2-3-1 they're defending a little bit deeper Yes, they still do the high press, but they pick and choose when they do it. And they play a lot more counter-attacking football this season. So mm. I don't think they'll run out of steam this season like they did last year. And that's one of the reasons why. Because yeah. they brought Tienemans back. Instead of having him in a more attacking position that he was in last year, they've got him front and centre, just holding that holding midfield, just pulling the strings. Now, the other, obviously, the other issue is with the amount of games that teams are having, and you mentioned the injuries, and Brendan's trying to rotate the squad as best he can, giving people 60 minutes, bringing them off, putting yeah. somebody on. Unfortunately, you're going to have substandard performances and substandard results. That's just the nature of football. It really is. Uh, you know, yeah. The, the important thing is is to bounce back from defeats. And that's exactly what Leicester and Verbally have always done. Mm. Uh, yes, they've taken a defeat and they've had a couple of dodgy performances. Uh, well, back-to-back -back performances against Prague and, and, and Arsenal, yeah. especially. But they bounced back against Burnley. They got a point, big, big point, when they depleted beyond belief. But that yeah. was a massive point against Burnley. Yes. Jerry, I'm conscious of the time and the fact that uh, your good lady's probably uh, putting the food on the table as we speak. So a, so a very quick question. 
Is it going to be our year this year in the FA Cup? Well, it's fair to say, Chris, that I, I don't think we'll have a better opportunity. You know, we got the draw mm. we, we wanted in the semi-final. Yeah. Uh, by the end of the international break, we'll have more players back fit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so going in, go, you know, hopefully going in, obviously our next game's against Man City and then it's uh, West Ham away. Two really tough games, I have to say. Mm. But if you're, the, th the problem with Southampton is in between all the downs that they're having in the league, they haven't conceded a goal in the FA Cup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So make no mistake, you can't take them lightly. But let's no. put it another way. I'd rather be playing Southampton or the Man City or Chelsea at the minute. So, yeah. It's a great opportunity. Everyone, yeah. I think, sort of realises that. As I said to Josh many times, you know, I can remember wishing that we got Wickham Wanderers at home in the quarterfinals. Yeah, <laughs> and that went kind uh -huh. of wrong, didn't it? You know. <laughs> you shouldn't have mentioned that, Chris. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still seeing the psychiatrist about it. I tell yeah. you, <laughs> he tells me it's good to talk about it. <laughs> Jerry, thanks so much for coming on, mate. It's been a pleasure to have you on. Uh, I say I want to keep a man a man away from his food, but uh, that it's been a great insight, and um, you you put me in my place with a couple of points. So thanks very much. No problem, and, uh, Josh, take care, and hopefully do it again soon. Cheers, Joe. Jerry, can I just ask one quick question, just quickly? Yeah. Of course. If you could bring any one of your former teammates from the time you played for Leicester, if if Brendan rang you up tomorrow and said, Jerry, I want you to start for us as centre back. You could bring any one of your former players. Who would you who would you put in the today's team from the team you played with? What a, a centre half or just a uh, anybody, player? anybody, all or anyone all over the pitch. Oh God! First first name springs the mind's muzzy, is it? Isn't it? I think. Yeah. Is it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I'm trying to think now. I'm trying to think where are Leicester a little bit short, or where do they need to strengthen? I think I think if you're I think one of the, one of the positions is probably one of the wide positions. Yeah. Uh, and you know it hasn't really happened for Chengiz under, and yeah. Mark Albrighton seems to be in and out, and then one minute he's loved, and then he's on the bench, and he keeps swapping. Ayuzi Perez doesn't seem to like that. I think you'd have to be hard pressed to beat Steve Guppy, wouldn't you? With that quality across. Yeah, good. I mean, I know he's not one of the. The, the the heralded heroes of back then, but his quality was unrivaled. I think, you know, stats back then were only second to David Beckham in the Premier League yeah. from, from his assists from wide areas. So, yeah, Gops would have to be up there for one of those wide positions where I think that's probably the only position where Leicester probably don't have... The kind of quality that they have with the Harvey Barnes is a list word and the Madisons of this world in the other and the, obviously the Vardys of this world in the other attacking positions. So if you can get that right hand side stroke uh position sorted out, then you've got a proper team on your hands. I mean a proper proper team. Yeah. I think Definitely. if Jerry and this is no disrespect, but to, to Leicester, but I think if Jerry had been playing for one of the so-called big six, I think he'd have got a lot more England games than he did. Yeah, yeah, he must have. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, think he, 
I think he crossed the ball for that that goal against the Madrid, didn't he? Against Red Star, I mean. No, no, that was that was Neil Lennon, believe it or not. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> didn't, didn't know he could cross like that. Go, bloody hell! That was Irishman, the Irishman. <laughs> there's, actually, there's actually another goal where I've actually made like a 30, 40 yard run. And me and Lenny have played a one two on the edge of the box. And Lenny, <laughs> I, I promise you. So I've made Lenny a goal. Lenny stroked it in from about 20 yards out on the left hand corner of the 18 yard box. Lenny never scored those types of goals. It's an absolute must see. I'm running down the way. <laughs> me and Lenny play a one two, and he. Floats it into the far right, uh, left-hand corner uh, of of the goal. Unbelievable! So <laughs> the Irish connection, eh? Taggart, Lennon, Lennon, yeah. it's the dream. The dream works. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry, I'm going to go and search that afterwards. Thank you so much, mate. It's been a pleasure, and okay. thanks so so much for coming on. Stay safe and take care, bud. All the best, boys. Good luck. Cheers, Cheers Jerry. You. Look after yourself, pal. Thank you, Josh. Good luck. See you later, bud. Oh, amazing, wasn't it? Amazing. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. He's, you know, like, just listen to his stories and his insight of the game. He's, he's, mm. he's absolutely fascinating. He's, he's straight, you know, as fans, we can sit there and watch a game, but obviously we've been playing the game for as long as he did and playing for the club that we love. It's, the way the way you want the way the way you must look at a game was it blow our minds to be honest with you especially yes, like yeah. tactically and things like that it's unbelievable that that was brilliant that was fantastic yeah well hopefully in a second we're going to be um, joined by Steve Linix right okay um, uh, he he was at the club um, and and I think I think he I think he joined towards the end of Frank's career at Leicester. And and uh, he's put a few things up on Facebook today about about his memories. So he's going to come in and, and talk to us about that. But um, it, it's it's got to be our year in the cup, hasn't it? Surely. You know what I was saying. To, I was only saying to Mrs. yesterday. I said I'm that I'm that excited. Even if we get to the final, like I mean, yeah. you think to yourself, like if we get to the final, we finish top four. What a season it's been! Even if we don't make the final, you know, we do. We God forbid, we just miss out on top four. We end up fifth again. It's still been some season, regardless. Yeah. And I've, I've said to us, if we make the final, we're going to uh, making it. We're making a day of it. I'm going to have barbecue on, beers on. Oh, so, oh, so. can't obviously can't have anybody around, can we? But I'll sneak down. I'll sneak down. Yeah. No, we can, we can, we can do more then because it's um, 29th of March. It's all, it's all getting a little bit better. It's my birthday then, so it's all getting a little bit better. But, um, uh, that's, that's, but yes, that's all right then. Yeah, I'm gonna, yeah. hopefully, if I make the file, I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna make quite a big thing of it. So, <laughs> but well, let's uh, let's introduce. Um, uh, another um, ex-player here that helps us out a lot, Steve Linux. Good evening, Steve. Good evening. Good Have evening, Steve. Evening. I'm fine, thank you. Good, good. Did you see the game on Sunday? We'll talk about the game first, and then we'll we'll, we'll come on to Frank uh, afterwards because we spoke about him just just earlier. But did you watch the game on Sunday? Absolutely loved it. Yes, wasn't it brilliant? You know, you you watch. Leicester over the, the last season, last few games, and how inconsistent they've been. But everything was right. The tactics was right. The attitude was right. Everybody was not new. Not you, 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 
You're breaking up a little bit, Steve. All oh, right, sorry. Yeah. No, no. I mean, it, it was, if we play like that, there's no reason why we, we shouldn't win it and come second in the league, is there? Oh, no. That's, you know, it's the attitude into Jerry and it's, I think it's down to the attitude of the player. You know, put on the pitch. If they've got yeah. the and the hard work, you, you're going to be a match for anybody. And like you said, I thought they stick United on Sunday. <laughs> they did, and it was and it was a pleasure to do it. I mean, it's only the second time, isn't it, Josh, that we've actually beaten them since we got promoted. Yeah, and I think that's why. I mean, I, I think when you asked me for my prediction, I thought we'd I thought we'd win, but I thought we'd win on penalties. To be honest with you, I don't. I mean, we have got that. We've always got that performance in us, like we like we played on Sunday. If, like you say, if we play like that, we can't expect to play like it all the time because there's always going to be lulling performances. But it, it, it like Steve just said, it was it was it were unbelievable to watch, and it's one of the games where you can watch it over and over again, and you'll pick out different things every time you watch it, different, you know, positive bits of play and even little things like, you know, Nacho's work rate and it, it was fantastic, absolutely unbelievable. Like I say, if we can uh, if we can continue like that, then we'll, uh, we should have top four sewn up, fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> it, it would be nice. I mean, when we're playing like that, Steve, I mean, I'm very much a glass half-empty sort of fan, because this is Leicester, and supporting Leicester sort of over the years, you know not to get too excited. I mean, when we when we won the Premier League in 15-16, every game I thought was, that was going to be the end of it, that was going to be, you know, we were, we were going to start losing. But when we played like that, we shouldn't even be worried about Man City, should we? I think... Um... The clubs that are left in it now would be more worried about Leicester than Leicester would be about mm. anybody that's, that's left. I just hope yeah. they do what we did and freeze on the day in your semis. Uh, mm. And it's all out the window. So, you know, a bigger pitch, you know, they, mm. it's going to be hard to press like they did at Phil. But if they get the tactics right, you know, there's nothing stopping them. Of course, the last time we were in the semi, Steve, yourself, you were in, you were in the team. Yeah, yeah, like you said, uh, it was a big occasion. Um, we did yeah. a great result against Shrewsbury. We thought we could beat Tottenham, but then you know things didn't go our way on the pitch, and uh, you know and that point you think we were on that day. Yeah. One one broken leg and one own goal, really, wasn't it? It was like, I, I remember because that, that year, I was actually working with somebody else. We used to have to work on Saturdays because I was working in retail. And we went to every other round. And and she got the um, the quarterfinal, the old Shrewsbury game, the 5-2. The, the and uh, I got the semifinal. And I thought, yeah, this is brilliant, you know. And, of course, the, the semifinal wasn't to be. I mean... It kind of. What are your memories of that of that day as a, as a player? Is it does it? Do you are you able to take it in? Are you able to enjoy it? Um, I think you can. You can enjoy it until uh, um, the kickoff starts. But I think mm. big, uh, we were riding high at the time, and we thought really thought that we could do it. But then. Mm. After half time, because we were in the game till half time, 
but um, we just we just didn't click for some reason, and um, you know it, it was a big disappointment for for us and the fans then. Yes, yeah, I, I can remember being on the train going over to Villa Park and. Uh, the Sun's headlines at that point was "It's War," and we were all getting on Ozzy Ardiles and <laughs> on his on their backs. But uh, Josh, of course, is too young to remember that you were you were you were probably still a still a a, a dream, weren't you? Yeah, I, d- I don't even think I was a thought then, unfortunately. But uh, so, I mean, it, it, it just it, it just say you know it's it's season. The first time I've seen us in the FA Cup final, it's it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be a special day. I, hopefully, we will get the result either way. But to to say we've got there and like I say, if we met the final, it, it'd be unbelievable. So touch wood, we can uh, we can it's, it's our year. Fingers crossed. I mean, Steve, there's there's rumours that uh, I mean they might let twenty thousand in for the final. Um, hopefully they won't do the normal thing of giving so many to all the clubs and the big wigs at the FA and what have you, because it will leave about six tickets for the for the fans. But I did read that they might, and it would be great if they could do this, that they might be just testing a few um, sporting events out with fans, and then we might be chosen to let some fans in for the Leicester Southampton semi. That'd be great, wouldn't it? Well, I hope so. Um, you know, no to people now but there's protests going on there seems to be thousands of people in the streets so the police yes. about that so why not let them into the grounds yes yes but um and i, I asked this of um uh, we've just you've, you've just had uh, jerry taggart on and i asked him of this do you think it, it could be our season this season our, our time to be the bride not the bridesmaid I think so. Uh, I think like what you've said yourselves, um, last year they, they got to a point where they could not improve. But I think this time now, this time of the season, Leicester can can improve. And I think they've learned the lesson. Yeah. But I think they're in a more better position now, mind-wise, than the, the physical side of it. Because yes. you, you look at it, and like uh, Jerry was saying, and that you know, you only they only play it 180 minutes a week. Now, if you watch the games, like I watch the games, most of the time on the pitch now, players are walking because you pop into two banks of four and they just stand and they walk, so they're not running for 90 minutes, mm. not competitive for 90 minutes for every player. So I think they should be able to do it. It's a sad day today for the club because um, the news that that uh, and it's always sad when when anybody passes. But Frank was epitomised that period for Leicester, didn't he? He, he you know, I, I read sort of the team out that he was in before. You know, there was him, there was Alan Birchnell, John Samuels, Keith Weller, um, Frank himself, uh, uh, Jeff Blockley, Chris Garland. They were great times, but we never actually won anything. But it was a joy to watch. And you know, you 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 posted today, I think, that when when you joined the club, was Frank still at the club when you joined? Frank was at Birmingham uh, when uh, when I when I met Frank. Uh, at Birmingham. Right. I came there from um, Shamrock Rovers. Uh, I was only twenty when I was there, and um, the guy, the president. It, it's hard to explain. Um, he was—he was like, he was, to be honest, 
you know, he had that presence around him. But the guy on the pitch and off, and yes. off the pitch, I remember the we used to go to away games and we used to play cards on the on on the uh, on the coach. And like because new young lad, I joined in one game and we were playing blackjack. And Frank had the winning hand, but I was betting with Frank. I was borrowing money off all the players on the coach, even the manager and whatever, to stay yeah. massive. And all of a sudden, he threw his hand in. He knew he got the winning hand, but he threw it in. And, you know, for me, a young lad just coming into the team, I won over a month's wages. <laughs> <laughs> Better for you than playing. You could have had the month off. You know? <laughs> Was he, obviously, the persona that we saw as fans, you know, with all the, you know, the photo shoots and everything like that and, and the stories that go around, was he sort of that loud sort of character? I mean, we, we, yeah, everybody says he, like you've just said then, he was, he was a lovely guy and great with other players and the youngsters and what have you. But was he, flat, you know, that flamboyant or was it all kind of put on for the camera? No, he was, he, he was, he was that way. He was so relaxed with his life and uh, the way he led his life and his, and what he, what he did. That was that was the mm. truth, Frank. And I think... Um, it was as you're growing up for the people my age, whatever, you know, the seventies things like that you could you could have stars like Boone and Frank and you could relate to them. Mm-hmm. Um you look at modern day football now, you've got your men, you've got your Ronaldo's, your premiership stars, but because the modern life you can't get close to them, so you and they get the same rapport as you did with the players from the olden days because you could go to a pub on a Thursday night and you'd probably the players in the pub. You know, you mm. probably drink with them like that. And you, you go and watch them on a, on a Saturday. But now, yeah. we're the, same, the modern players, I think it's because the media, the way they're set up and that, you can't build up the same relationship. The modern <laughs> I, I, I can remember watching, uh, I don't know if you've seen this, Josh, The Damned United, the story, obviously, of Brian oh, yeah. Stuff at Leeds. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I remember that they were putting the sort of they were doing the dressing room, and they were putting sort of the kit out for each player. And next to the kit, they were putting ashtrays. Ashtrays. Yeah. I mean, you know, crazy, crazy days, wasn't it? Uh, wasn't it, Steve? Oh, unbelievable! You know, you you go back to a, a lad named Wins, you know, or Blues and West Brom, and where he could go. Uh, sometimes, you know, they might go out on a Friday, you drink 20 points, and you'd be man of man Saturday. There's the challenge for you, Josh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the last five minutes. Josh, Josh, Josh does the 20 points, but it's before he does one of these shows, isn't it, mate? You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, but, um, yeah, I mean, he, he, he wasn't. I mean, that, that team, I mean, you know, I mean, you look at the team that, that won the Premier League, and I know Josh, like I say, he, he's a lot younger than you and me, Steve, let's say that. Um, but you look at the team that won the, the Championship, uh, the Premier League, and you're looking at the team we've, that we've got now. But that team of the 70s, it's still, well, I think, right, I think it was um, uh, Martin O'Neill, wasn't it, who said, for God's sake, why do they keep talking about Jimmy Bloomfield? What did he ever win? They won nothing, but 
they were just a, a joy to watch. You know, and you, you, you meet Mr. And, you, you know, you think what a character he, he is and was. And, and that's how football should be. You know, I think uh, the youngsters, they need that around. And uh, mm. I could go say footballers and whatever, but, you you know, you try and name me now a character in the Premier League, in, you know, the last... Yeah, you you, you can't you yeah. can't read anymore. So that's where the, you're losing good. There's a there's a clip of um, on YouTube. I was watching it earlier, and it's it's taken from a, um, a Leicester City Football Club video, and it was like the the, the the history of the club, and it's the Birch talking about um, Frank, and you know it shows Frank. Riding a horse, and and he's he's got the steps and all, and he 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 did the full bit. He he, he was uh, he 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 was, like I said earlier, this to Jerry. You know, he was called the the common man's Georgie Best. He he had the skills, didn't he? Phenomenal. Can't understand what gets so many uh, you know caps that he you know he, he deserves. But the God finger pulled down. So chilled, so relaxed. Never had a fight anybody, and you know he was always, always so chilled. Mm. Uh, right, well, Steve, I'm going to let you go because the line is is breaking up quite quite bad at the moment. So, thanks very much for coming on. A yeah, pleasure as always. A Thank pleasure you. as always. And uh, Josh sounds like that sometimes, but like I say, that's the 20 pints with, with him. <laughs> He's been great. And uh, we'll, we'll keep in touch, Steve, and hopefully get you on uh, as soon as we can after this. Thanks for joining us, Steve. Cheers, Steve. Thank you, Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks to Steve there. Great. And Steve, it's great to have these ex-players on, isn't it, Josh? It is, and like I mean, like you say again, Steve, he was just a bit, just a bit before my time was put in Leicester. But like you say, it's to hear, like you know, to hear the stories about you know from from when they played and how different football is nowadays. To you know, even even when Jerry were playing, it's it's unbelievable, really. And it's always 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 fascinating to hear, fascinating to hear what the guys say. It's fantastic. Yeah. I, well, I, I'll play you this. I should have played this while he was in, but I, I, he probably gets a bit bored because I, I seem to play this a lot of, when, I, when I get Steve in. But this, this was Steve's most, probably what he's remembered more than anything else for the club. This is when, when Steve went swimming during a match. Off not long after that, but um, <laughs> I, I was gonna—I was gonna say, could you imagine him playing on that pitch nowadays? It wouldn't happen, would it? <laughs> it wouldn't. It wouldn't. That said, though, I tell you what, and a few people have commented on this: the pitchers have taken a hammer in this season, haven't they? They have definitely, and 
I mean, like, I mean, you don't know how often the groundsman can get there, whether it's classed as essential work, which I'm guessing it's not really. Um, I can only imagine they only do so much, really. I think, um, again, it's testament to our grounds when our pitch looks like it's holding out really well, to be honest with you. You know, it's showing a bit of wear and tear, but I think um, you, you look at some of the other pitch, I think Leeds, Leeds United is, is really showing some quite some quite some damage so far yeah. this season but um yeah what well, i mean like you say when, you know once the season's over and everybody can get back to hopefully get back to normality we'll have uh, we'll have some we'll have some decent pitches to look at every weekend <laughs> yeah. um so as i say we, we've got a couple of uh, of we've got a break this weekend and i think that will do some of the players some good especially those that are injured and, and when you look at how we played against Man United, we had no James Justin, who's been amazing this year. We had no Harvey Barnes, who's who's been amazing this year. We've had no James Madison. We had no Ricardo. My God, you know, like, and I, I know you know, be careful what you wish for and all that, but it's going to be like, hopefully, you know, when those four come back in, who do you drop? It is in. What the thing is, what a headache to have as well. And it, it, we, I can't, I can't remember being in this position for a long time. Where, like you say, you know, effectively at the minute we have got, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> and there's no disrespect to any of them, but there is like fringe players starting for us. But they're playing that well. You think, well, God, you know, you know, even when James Justin comes back, you know, he, he literally undroppable before he got injured. Unfortunately, yeah, he, you know, he looks like he's going to be out for a long time yet. And you think. He's got. He's gonna to have to work really hard to get back into the team. And before he got injured, he was one of our best players. It's it's crazy. It's crazy, really. But listen, if, if the players keep performing the way they are, I don't, I don't, I don't mind it at yeah. all. I really don't. <laughs> I know. You, you, you know. You're looking. At, you're thinking like, well, he can't really probably play in the back three. So he's going to play as that sort of, you know, wing. You know, the the five across the midfield. But you know, he comes back and makes it five in defence. But then that means dropping. Castagna, you know, or, yeah. or on the other side, dropping, you know, Ricardo. It's like you say, it's a good headache to have, but oh, you know, it is, it is. And it's like, I mean, you, you pointed out a couple of months ago now, you know, if we do, if we are to make Champions League and God, you know, God willing, we do, um, we're going to need as many players as we can get. So it, it, it bodes well for us. It, it really does, mate. And, you know, like you say, the quicker the, the quicker the injured players come back, then your bench gets stronger every week and then you've got more options to bring off the bench. So it, it sort of all works out for itself. And it's, again, you know, we've got, we've got nine, eight or nine games left of the, the Premier League season and hopefully another another couple in the FA Cup. So, it's, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, next season will be here and... Uh, there's mountains of football to get through as well, so um, yeah, just just hopefully, hopefully the injured players come back so, sooner rather than later. I can't remember if I asked you this early because it's been a bit of a topsy turvy show, but Nacho undroppable at the moment, isn't he? Pretty much, mate. He, he really is, and like we said, he, the link up play between him, him and Vardy at the minute is it, it's outstanding. It, it really is. They're working so well together. You know, they're both coming deep to collect the ball and they're complementing each other really, really well. And we, we picked up on it on Sunday on the watch along as well. Even Perez in behind the last couple of games, he's been he's been outstanding for us as well. And he's sort of making that number ten role. We matters out at the minute. You know, he's making it his own and he's coming and he's doing a fantastic job just behind them too. And 
just just the way they, they all three of them were driving forward on Sunday, we, we had, they attacked with intent. They were working, they were working hard for each other. They were showing, you know, Perez obviously dropping a lot deeper, and they were trying to set both of them up. And long may it continue, mate. It, I think, like like I said, you know, performances are going to drop off because, and it, it, it's like what Jerry says. I think at times we, as fans, we, we expect too much of the players, and there are going to be losing losing performances. But as long as we just make it over the line, and we and you know we see we see hopefully a lot more a lot more value been playing the last couple of weeks towards the end of the season. It can only be a good thing. So I'm looking forward to it. Leading up to the cup final, and we'll, we'll we'll end on this. Leading up to the cup final, um, with any luck, here's where we want. Well, I always want British teams to do well in Europe. I'm one of those persons that, you know, maybe not Tottenham, but but generally speaking, if it's a British team against a well, an English team against a German or a French, I would want the English team to win. You know, if, if it was in the final. But hopefully Man City and Chelsea will go far and, and they will keep playing the, the, these extra games midweek. But Chelsea, would you want... I mean, if we got past Southampton, and let's not... You know, it's going to be... Jerry you know, commented earlier, it's not going to be another 9-0. You know, they are different prospect in the Cup. Um, yeah. You know, um, although, I mean, in fairness, they, they no disrespect, they only played Bournemouth. But... If we get past Southampton, is it Chelsea you want, or is it a case of we'll play whoever? Um, it's you know what, it's a bit tricky to say this season because all three teams, as ourselves, you know, they're left in. We beat, we beat this season. We beat, we beat convincingly when you think about it. But I think the thing is, was Southampton really, you know, of, of all the teams we could have got for a semi-final, you want Southampton. And as we said on Sunday, that's no disrespect towards them. And I'm, and I'm no. sure, looking at looking at the draw, they wanted us as well, you know, yeah. to for a good chance to get to the final. But Southampton, they could build their season around this. I think relegation-wise, they ain't got nothing to worry about. They're going to finish mid to maybe lower mid-table. So they could put all their eggs in one, one basket and have a real good go push for the FA Cup. So it's not going to be easy, but... I'd, I think Chelsea playing Chelsea in the final will be harder because they're looking a lot harder to break down. Um, Tuchel's coming; he's got them set up really well defensively, and they don't really concede that many goals anymore. Um, but then on the on the other on the other hand, you got you thinking you know the attacking options of Man City. Then <laughs> I think. <laughs> It's a one-off game, isn't it? And anything can happen is, on the day. Yeah, it, it, yes. it, it, it is. But being honest, I think I'd I'd rather play Chelsea because by then, you know, Man City, Man City could be in a Champions League final and they could be pushing for the quadruple, really. And we don't want to call against them if they're no. going to do that, especially, especially wanting to get one over the neighbours. So uh, yeah. I'd, I'd say Chelsea, maybe, yeah, Chelsea. Yeah. In true, I don't know if you watch QI, but in true QI fashion, I'm going to leave you with a fact here. And I don't know how true this is, but somebody posted it in the group uh, on on the Leicester Side Eye group on Facebook earlier. Um, that Leicester, the first team, we, we've actually beaten all six of the so called mm. big six this season. And we're the only team, I think, to have ever done that in the Premier League. Now, that's if, if If that's true, that's that's crazy when you think about it. <laughs> yes, yeah. I don't know how the problem. The problem is with groups is that nothing stays in order once people yeah. start commenting on it. Um, and I'm not sure whether. Uh, oh, here we go. 
Um, Manchester City, Liverpool, Arsenal, Tottenham, Manchester United and Chelsea have all fallen to Leicester City this season. Leicester, the only team to beat all of the top six in the space of one season. That's that's unbelievable. It, so, little old Leicester, eh? <laughs> little old Leicester. Little old Leicester. <laughs> we, we, uh, maybe we should rename the club Little Old Leicester. <laughs> Josh, thank you so much. Um, <laughs> Rory, you've missed him. Jerry was oh, on at six him. o'clock. Yeah, seven o'clock, mate. He, he was on for the first half hour. Then we had Steve Linux on for the for the next 15, 20 minutes. Uh, Rory, catch it on YouTube. Subscribe. And uh, then you'd have uh, got a message that we were going live. Subscribe to the channel. This will be on the channel straight away to watch us catch up. So go back and give it, give it, a, give it a watch. It was amazing. Josh, I'm very um, conscious that you've kind of been sort of pushed to the side this evening, and I, I apologise for that. No, Chris, honestly, mate, I, I was literally, I was literally just going to say thanks for having me on, mate. Like I said, speak to, you know, to get to even be in the same conversation as, as Jerry Taggart was was unbelievable. And again, you know, even players like you know Steve Linex, it was it were a really good experience. So nice one for that, mate. Yeah. Really appreciate it. It is. It's funny how even me. I can remember um, when I first started doing Leicester Till I Die, one of the first guys to come on board for me was Alan Young. And he, he left in the end because he actually started to work for the, the club and Radio Leicester and he, he hadn't got time to because he was doing blogs for me. And I remember him ringing me and I'm like, his name came up on the, because he, he texted me and his name would come up on the phone and you're like, this is Alan Young, you know, and, and yeah. even now, you do not believe how nervous I was tonight talking. <laughs> you know, it's like, and I've spoken to him before. You know what I mean? It's not like. Yeah. But, uh, but do you, it, it, I tell you what people should do. People should actually, if you've not got a season ticket holder, and I'm not a season ticket holder because of where I live and, and the fact that I've got a job at the moment, but I'm a Fox member. The box is behind me there on the table. I'm a Fox member. And you get invited into chats every now and again. And uh, I did a chat with, um, uh, I did a couple. I actually got pulled out to do a couple. And one of them was where they were abroad for the, one of the Europa League games. And yeah. uh, I'm talking to a couple of the players and for Fauna, we'd literally just signed for Fauna and he walks behind and there was sort of joking and he comes on and starts talking to you and you're like, and I'm bloody 60 years old, you know what I mean? And I still, they still get me like that, you know. That's what footballers putting Leicester does to you, mate. I'll be like it too. I'll I'll be like it till I drop dead. To be honest with you, so it will never change for me. (laughs) As the song goes, "Heroes in Blue and White." Yeah, that's it. Exactly, you ain't wrong. (laughs) Josh, thank you so much for tonight, mate. Really do appreciate it. Uh, I'll speak to you before next Tuesday because obviously we'll get something planned for next Tuesday. Uh, Moving forward, whilst we we've only playing one game a week, Tuesday nights are the um, Football Forum show where it's an open chat and we'll hopefully maybe get some more guests on. Over over to you, mate. Over to you, as they say. But, um, I'm trying, pal. I know you are. <laughs> you know I'm winding you up and I will carry on winding you up. But yeah, if, if not, you'll just have to sort of put an accent on and pretend you're Tyson Fury. 
I can try to. I can try to. Thanks very much. Stay safe. Have a good week, and I'll see you next Tuesday. And you, Chris. Pleasure, mate, as always. Thanks for having me, pal. All the best, mate. Take care. Have a good week, mate. To our buddy. And you. Cheers. Bye-bye. What a show. I mean, unfortunately, it was done on the backdrop of the sad news um, regarding Frank Worthington. My utmost thanks to Jerry Taggart for coming on. My great thanks to um, Steve Linex for, for, for popping on. I know he's been working and he's not been able to get on to a few shows. So thanks to him for coming on and sharing the memories as well. Frank, he, he was larger than life. And as as a young, you know, 12-year-old starting to follow City, that it was a, an amazing, amazing era. Guys, we're going to be back on Friday. It's not going to be a preview show because we haven't got a match this weekend. Uh, maybe we'll share some more memories of of of, of Frank. Who, who, you know, who knows? But we'll we'll be back Friday at seven o'clock. Rest in peace, Frank. It was a pleasure watching you play in the Blue of Leicester. Stay safe, all. Hello, Matt Elliott here. Be sure to watch Leicester Till I Die TV on YouTube and follow all their social media platforms for all the latest updates and news on Leicester City Football Club. Leicester Till I Die podcasts on the Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google, Anchor and all podcast platforms. Thanks for watching Leicester Till I Die. This is Chris saying goodbye and see you next time. Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Ultimate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.